right, everyone, episode 55 with Square Circle Rewind podcast, and Vince told it beautifully, we're Survivor Series 1992, and uh, before we begin, we're going to kick it to our weekly segment of Body Language. Body Language. You know, the best part of that segment is watching Dave just get depressed whenever that song hits. You guys have such amazing, high-energy, like, segment intros and outros, and I, I, it's Queen, mind you, yes. But it's just not... (laughs) It's you! It's It's you! Until the kazoo comes. Okay, enough. Um, Give us the, the current events. Unfortunately, two weeks ago we did a tribute to Vader. Tonight we're going to talk about Matt Capitelli who recently passed this past Friday due to brain cancer after a long battle. He fought long and hard. Um, most people will recognize him if they've watched Tough Enough. Him and John Hennigan, also known as Johnny... Wait, Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, John Morrison... Johnny Nitro. <laughs> Just Johnny. Johnny Wrestling? Johnny Wrestling? No, that's oh. yeah, yeah, almost. Oh. He almost had them all. Yeah, but he... Uh, he it was like a draw victory for Tough Enough for Matt Capitelli and John Hennigan. Uh, and then they, they debuted a Raw. They had like a pretty quick run. And then he went to OVW and got diagnosed with a brain tumor. Oh. And he was fighting it. But then this past Friday, he tragically passed away. Uh, Nova, a lot of wrestlers did a tribute to him as well on Twitter because he was really well-respected. Really well-respected. There's actually a lot of strong rumors that he might be inducted to the Hall of Fame. For 2019. For like the As Warrior, like the, uh, warrior uh, Award? Or? That or like the Legacy Wing. Okay. So okay. that's what they're talking about is the, the Warrior. I, I would totally understand the Warrior Award because of his legacy that he built. Secondly, unfortunately, I'm dealing with a severe back injury. So I was not able to commit to watching this pay-per-view due to not being able to sit longer than 10 minutes. So, with that being said, Jesse and Ben, unfortunately, I hope you guys do well without me. What do you mean, unfortunately? Because we'll I feel like we're going to succeed and we're not going <laughs> to need you anymore. You might actually surprise me. I'm like, all right, guys, good episode. Unfortunately, it's just us two? Yeah, unfortunately. For who? Everyone. For you? For everyone. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> as, as, as Macho would say, the cream rises to the top. Just for our Dave. listeners, Dave and I go back and forth just bantering each other. It's friendly. Even there's nothing like, There's nothing personal about this. It's Dave, Dave and I are bros. I love how you're speaking for both of us without even acknowledging I have feelings too. Wait, there you go. Wait, See? I have feelings. <laughs> I have feelings. You ready for this? It's all about feelings. I hate both of these guys, and that's legit. That's a shoot. Okay. What? We're done with this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> We're done with this. What, the show or? Everything. <laughs> ah. Table flip. Yeah. And that brings us to... It's now time for your beneficial facts! Survivor Series 92 took place on November 25th, 1992 at the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield Township of Ohio, just south of Cleveland, for any of those of you keeping tabs, in front of a packed house of 17,500 fans. Again, a good turnout, despite business being in shambles at this time in the United States. As we know, WWE at this time has fallen under heavy scrutiny in the wake of numerous scandals. One most notable, steroids. Oh, yeah. Because of this, Vince McMahon had to really push a zero-tolerance policy when it came to HGH, human growth hormones, and the use of steroids. And as a result, 
Two performers slated to be in high-profile matches ended up losing their jobs. The Intercontinental title holder at this time, the British Bulldog, and the Ultimate Warrior, who both, just three months earlier at SummerSlam, had both challenged for the two major singles titles. So that is two more high-prolific roster spots that are gone. Yep. So... Just a little backstory on the original Survivor Series card that was to take place before the series of rewrites happened. Um, originally, the British Bulldog was supposed to have defended the IC title against the Mountie. However, Smith dropped the belt to Shawn Michaels at the Saturday night's main event in October. Also, the Mountie quit the company after losing to Bret Hart in under 30 seconds in a non-televised match. Huh. So the Mountie's gone too. Okay. At this point. This also marks... He comes a, back later as he does. The, in the Quebecers, yes, right? Yes, he does. Yeah. They, they, they mend fences down yes. the road. This also marks the first WWE pay-per-view in which both Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior would not compete. Holy. Yeah, yeah. I know. Mind blown. Yeah. Macho Man's the only one of the old, like, 80s, 90s event cards. Of that three, the three-headed monster there, yeah. So, uh, my guy stuck it out the longest uh, than your guys did, so, uh, to both of you. Well, Um, yeah, I was going to say mine's still alive, so. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for reminding me, Dave. Yeah, Um, (laughs) you know. I was going to mention one other (laughs) thing as well. So, I mean, you look a year ago. You have we have Rowdy Piper, we have Hulk Hogan, we have Sid Justice, we have LOD, we have Jake the Snake Roberts. We have these stars and stars. Look at the Royal Rumble from the nineteen ninety two. These yep. stars and stars that the star stud lineup. Yeah. <laughs> star stud lineup. And it's we're def- de- and it's dwindling and dwindling it's, and dwindling. It's definite, and the uh, roster is so thin at this point, it's just and it's a changing of the guard. Oh, it is. Right? Like, even the main event for this, uh, Sean versus Brett, like, definitely changing the Change is guard. never easy, Dave. Um, change is never easy. And you know what? That that doesn't... Change is necessary, but at the same time... It can't hurt. You can't stay on top during change. That's why there's always dips and... There, there's always peaks and valleys, yep. right? Because the, the people that watched... When Hogan was on top or Warrior was on top, and that's the wrestling they knew and loved. Now that both of those guys are gone, they look at this and say, Bret Hart, like, you don't look like a pro wrestler. It looks like me. Like, I don't want to watch this guy. You know, some people feel that way. Other people are like, oh, thank God Hulk's out because that was a ridiculous thing. I prefer Bret because it's more realistic, right? But, like, there's a changing, and then and the fans, oh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, uh, there, I mean... There's more rewrites in this, especially with the uh, main of, uh, co-main event tag team um, match in this. I mean, the, the original poster I take that we used is the one, the one with Savage and Warrior yeah. on it. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll get to that as we get to that match. But um, I think that's even the, the original poster they used on the WWE Network. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then you click on it, you're like, oh, no, it's Mr. Well, Perfect. Okay, we'll okay. get into it. Just, since we have a couple of minutes left uh, for this segment, we'll, we'll get into it. Basically... Warrior was out of the company, I think, about two weeks before this pay-per-view was to take place. So they had to scramble. I can't say that. I can't express that enough. So they basically had to turn Mr. Perfect into a babyface. That's what I was going to ask. I'm like, what happened here? 
and be, well, basically on a show of primetime wrestling, they're in that interview room where Duggan, Hillbilly Jim, Bobby Heenan, Mr. Perfect, and Vince McMahon all sit. Obviously, the court. brain trust of WWE with Duggan and Hillbilly Jim. Like, shoot me now. I so, saw that well, and I was like, what is this? So basically, <laughs> where's the genius? They had we a, should be there. They had a video conference with Macho Man Randy Savage, basically saying, okay, well, you need a new per, uh, new tag team partner. And Macho Man comes out and says, you know, I got the perfect partner in mind. And they he says, I want Mr. Perfect to be my partner. And so. They laugh at it at first. Mr. Perfect's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then Bobby Heenan starts to run his mouth, run his mouth saying, you know, Mr. Perfect walks in the the shadow of Ric Flair. He's going to take orders from Flair. He's going to take orders from me. You're going to walk behind us and you're going to do as we say. And then basically that just gets to the point where it just sets Perfect off saying, you know what? I'm sick of you guys and I'm sick and tired of you guys making decisions for me. So you know what, Savage, you want an answer? I accept your Okay. Invitation well to be your... Yeah, no, it, it was well very well done. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then at the end, uh, Bobby Heenan stands up and says, What are you, crazy? Slaps Mr. Perfect. Big no-no because we've seen in the past how well slapping people goes. <coughs> Andre the Giant. And um, so basically Mr. Perfect says, Okay, I'm done with you. Get the hell out of my life. Takes a pitcher of water and dumps it on him because that's the only thing I was really around that he can... Assault him with, but that so to brain, speak. the brain power of Duggan and Hillbilly Jim really liked it though. They were cheering. Yeah, like oh, oh. I'm surprised yeah. Hillbilly didn't mention that in his uh, Hall, Hall of Fame. <laughs> now we get to 1992 <laughs> when I was on prime time <laughs> wrestling. So and let me tell you about a guy you may not know. So long Bobby story, the Brain. It's <laughs> a so long story short. Perfect had to become Macho Man's partner. The split from Ric Flair happened, and they're both incensed. And we'll get to that uh, as we get to that match. Commentary is done by Vince McMahon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. More yelling. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vince was on a roll. All right, let's go to the first match. Match number one is High Energy, and that is made up of Coco Beware and Owen the Rocket Heart versus the Head Shrinkers with Alpha. Yes. Who, if, uh, if some of you aren't sure, was the um, so uh, Samoan SWAT team, Samoan SWAT team in WCW. Yeah, and they're a good tag team. I'm actually glad they're in WWE because this tag team roster they have right now is thin. Yes, uh, and Owen continues his tradition of wearing the worst ring garb you've ever seen in your life. But Owen's so awesome that I ignore it doesn't him. matter. But it, he's it, awesome. But I ignore it. Yeah, yeah. He can wrestle in a bore out. He 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 for sure could. But I'm just like, man, really, you just get I'm saddled. I'm really glad with, he didn't. <laughs> I'm just like, you just get saddled with the worst costumes. No, I'll tell you what the worst thing I've ever seen is. Coco Beware's attempt at a cartwheel as they were coming down the ring. Yeah, I don't know, I don't what, know what that was about. That he was. Trips, maybe? No, no, he didn't no, trip. It's just he can't that's, do a cartwheel. How, that's the, he tripped? How is that he tripping? Tripped. Anything happens in the WWE. There's no one always say anything can happen in the WWE. Touche. We'll give you Dave. That. Dave's Dave's talking to us, and he hasn't even watched the stupid pay per view. What are you doing? Paint me the picture. Paint me I'm, the picture. I'm not painting you nothing. Okay. The match was good. Yeah, I mean, it had a really good pace. It was better than I thought it was going to be. WWF is a lot better at doing show opens than WCW is. Oh God, yes. You know where WWF tries to like the show open is to get you excited right off the hop. And ready, where WCW's like, let's put on our crappiest match first, and then we'll build to like a slightly less crappier main event. Well, yeah, it's a first impression. You gotta suck people yeah, into watching your product. Yeah. 
Yeah, but this was really good. Uh, I like the uh, I like the head shrinkers. I do too. Um, I come with Alpha too. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pairing. He's sitting on the sidelines eating the turkey the entire time. That was pretty funny. And cracks Owen with the with the, the kendo stick. Kendo stick that already looked frayed. Um, I don't have a lot of notes for so this you match. Gimmicked. Oh, I'm sorry. Gimmicked. Um, I guess gimmicked turkey bone that he's eating. I don't have a lot of notes because I was enjoying this match. Yeah. So. I can go to the finish, whatever. <laughs> it's a good match to watch it. It's a great opener. It's, I love the t- I love the character of the head shrinkers. You know, tough, mean, nasty, savagery, and of course, uh, can't go wrong with the Samoan work ethic that they always bring. Yep, yep, and a really thin Rikishi. Yes, yes, very thin. But very uh, thin. okay, match to start the show. I really liked it. Really yes. enjoyed it. All four of them played their parts very well. Even Coco did okay in this. Yeah, Coco was fine. Hall of Famer, you know. He is? He is. Whether you like it or not. Uh, so Samu catches Owen in a nice power slam. Yes. And then uh, then he goes to the corner, and then Fatu jumps. I think he was supposed to jump off his shoulders. I think that was, was the original was. plan, but he didn't. He just jumped off the top rope over Samu. He doesn't have a very high elevated splash. Yeah. So, so I. But so he's, he's, he's a little bigger. So, but he, he hits the top rope splash onto Owen to win. Solid opener, and then then Bobby the Brain does a brain scan, uh, yep. talking about how he was flying, and then flattened Owen like a pancake. So that was pretty funny. And then he just laughs the entire time. It's pretty funny. Yeah, the um, brain scan is actually really good. It's good. Gimmick. It's better than than the referee gimmick. Yes. Yes. Or the slamometer. Yes, better than that too. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's our consensus for this match? There. Oh, what else did, do they did, do? Uh, how did, does match make you feel? <laughs> No, I was trying to think if WWF did any other uh, stupid review things. I don't think they did. Nope. No, there's all the all WCW. Oh, well, that's later. That's later. <laughs> the, consensus, the consensus for this match. I agree. Do you? Yeah. Wholeheartedly? What you guys have said to me, I agree. Oh, okay, good. Good. Match number two is, oh my goodness. Um, the, night, the nightstick on a pole match. It oh. is the... Big showdown, finally, between the big boss man and Nails. And basically, to give you a synopsis of what a nightstick on a pole match is, um, evidently, WWE watched uh, Halloween Havoc, but made more tweaks, I thought. Um, It's basically that giant pole at the top. They have a... Nightstick on a chain, but you can reach it this time. You do yes, not have to they climb have, up 20 feet. Because they have it on a chain so they can reach up with their hands. Hence the tweaks made. There you go. There so you go. basically, if you get to you, if you get the nightstick, you get to use it. Um, all I'll say is if there is any match that they were, that they, they wanted to embellish the gimmick, they wanted to do it this match. They did not do it this match, and they relied on the limited arsenal and uh, limited arsenal that both of these guys had. I mean, on paper, Khan versus Cop. Khan wants revenge on the cop for beating him the crap, allegedly beating the crap out of him in prison with yeah. all the other guards. So he got the big showdown. On paper, it's fantastic. This match was a big pile of heaping garbage. <laughs> I would agree with that. So the first thing Nails does is choke because that's the only thing he knows. Because that's his move. That's his only move. Went to wrestling move. school for two years to learn how to choke. Um, he's, Nails is just awful. He is. They couldn't find any other dude to do this con man con gimmick 
with with boss man if that's what they wanted to well, do. Well, here's the thing: I, I cannot remember for the life of me what. Um, I mean, he used to be called like Mister Fantastic, Mister Universe, or something like that in like the, the territories. And apparently, he was a good worker, according to a lot of sources that were in the front office at this time that were trying to bring him in. They knew him from the road kind of thing in the other territories. They said he was a good worker. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, it hasn't shown. Um, also, if, uh, if if Ben wants to get my my sound effect ready, I'm ready now, Ben. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Just ready. And Dave just ruined it. Um, <laughs> what are Jesse? You look like <sighs> Jesse's triggered. Okay. Problem with gimmick matches. Are... So bad. You hear that, Dave? You're not triggered. Screw you. Oh, no. uh, the problem with with gimmick oh, matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong button. I don't get triggered. I just hijack everything. <laughs> the problem with gimmick matches is, is if you're going to, if you're going to introduce a gimmick, it has to play into the finish somehow, because that that's the whole point of it. Now, what happens in this match is Bossman gets the nightstick, uses it once, then gets it taken away from him, and then Nails uses it on him, and but it doesn't lead into the finish at all. Wait, so Bossman gets. The nightstick and gets it taken away from him? Well, yeah, because he hits nails and then nails... Was only like one hit? One hit each. They each used it one time. Yeah. And it's like, if if the whole thing is like, oh, I want to get this nightstick because I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with it and then that'll be it. Like, it should be as soon as the person who gets, it should be a build and then whoever gets it should be able to wallop the crap out of whoever they're facing. And then that's how the finish happens. I mean, we got to look back at this too. I mean, Nails attacked Bossman on Superstars Wrestling and just attacked him for like 15, 20 minutes and just laid a, just, just lay him in a pool of crap. Yeah. After the nightstick beating. You think Bossman would just want to go, go to town on him? Yeah, go go insane on him, but he doesn't. He just hits him once and then it's like, okay. And uh going into the finish, then Bossman uh, Bossman knocks the nightstick out of Nail's hand, throws him into the ropes, and then hits an awful excuse me, an awful looking bossman slam to win. And it's like, what is this? And then Nails just rolls out of the ring and walks away. He doesn't even sell that he got hit with the nightstick or the boss man slime. He doesn't sell a thing. He like, just sells tickets. I did. I came. Uh, shut it. Shut it. <laughs> he does not sell tickets. I, I came out of this being like, oh my the god. The job I would give him is to sell tickets. Like, this did nothing to further any of these guys' career Actually, at all. Actually, it hurt them. Yeah. This was awful. Awful. What's our, what's our concern? Well, I don't before, even, I don't even before we go to that, like, I will say this. I will say this. Nails as a character, before he gets into the ring, is actually really solid, especially with his promos. He's actually pretty legit. He looks legit looking. Well, he looks legit. Until he gets into the ring and yeah. starts choking people. Then it's just like, okay, well, why did I think that I had any confidence in this guy? Yeah. But um, the consensus is uh, this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's about we right. We were only going to boo this, but I just thought, you know what? For six months of building this and this is what you deliver as the payoff? No. Yep, exactly. No. Exactly. So Sorry. I do not encourage our listeners to watch this match. Just save your time. Unless you want to just watch how horrific the match is. That's right. All right, let's go to the next match. Let's get away from that stink yeah, fest. Okay. Match number three, this will bring it up, is um, the model Rick Martel versus Tatanka. You know, I look at Rick Martel, 
his physique. It seems to me that about two or three years prior, he was a little more um, jacked up than what he looked like in this match. Just yes. thought I'd throw that out there. I don't yes. know if there's uh, yes. listening there might, or zero there, tolerance there, on anything. There must, there must be. And also, he's getting older, so you can't you can't look like that as you get older. You know, no, that's true. I Guess mean, what? Tell has been the uh, territories uh, for quite a while. Just, just so everyone too. knows, you, we all end up old and wrinkly. Okay, yes, so I know. So have that donut once in a while. Well, Enjoy I'm yourself. Just, well, hey, I'm just saying that he was a little <laughs> more jack-looking, so to speak. Uh, you know what Martel's great at, though, playing the arrogant, cowardly yes. heel, and he looking like is... Captain Scooby from the Love Boat. Too. <laughs> yeah, that was phenomenal. And you know what was good too is he didn't cut a pre-match promo being racist, so that was nice. Yes, that was. Yes, because I didn't. Didn't he face him at WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, and he cut a pretty racist promo. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was nice to not have that. Unless he tried to do one before the match, and they both just said, and the office just said, "You know what? Maybe we're going to ix that this time because uh, yeah, we got a lot of complaints from the last time." Scandals happening right now. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, solid work. Uh, Martel's a great heel. Tatanka is on his undefeated streak at this time, mm -hmm. and he's looking good. The um, original undefeated streak. Yes, yes. Over um, a year. Huh? Over a year. Well, thanks for a spoiler. Yeah, spoiler alert, much. So I'm here for Days here to spoil everything for spoil everybody. Spoil everything. But you know what? You know what spoiled this <laughs> match for me? Doink the Clown shows up and just starts... For God's sakes, why did they keep showing him? And, you know, what I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, you showed him once, that's fine. But... There, there you have it. Um, again, like, show him once and then just pat away from him. Or, you're at this time where they... They don't really have skits, but you could have like a, a a skit before a match of Doink doing that stuff with the fans in between matches. In between matches, and then maybe as the the next opponent comes down or something, he gets into some kind of little scuffle with him or something. It could have just been better done, but they kept on cutting away from the match to show this guy. They actually missed what what sounded like two big moves. Yeah, they wrecked a good match because of Doink. Yeah, yeah, they for wrecked sure, a good match. It was a solid match, and these two have a really good chemistry together. They have good flow, good psychology, and they put on some good entertainment. For God's sake, stop showing doink! <laughs> the rule of thumb should be, if you have a superstar on the television, it should be relevant to what's happening. You know what this match was? It was something WCW would do. Yes. Yes. WCW. WCW. I was waiting for Robocop. But they're better than WCW. Oh. But not in this. They, not in this. Ah, I, think I, I think I gave this pay-per-view maybe the same score as the last one. Um, so Tatanka hits the Samoan drop, which I don't even know. The if end of the trail. Is end of trail? End of the trail. End of the trail. Uh, end of the trail. Okay. I didn't hear, like, McMahon didn't, didn't it's McMahon not say called, it? It's not called that yet. Okay. Because I'm like, I'm waiting for McMahon to tell me what his finisher is called. And, like, I was, and I think he said, oh, you hit him with that move. Did he call like, that move? I'm pretty sure that's what McMahon said. And I was did he like, say like word verbatim that move? I, th I think he did. Oh. Vintage. vintage. No, no, that's Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's so, vintage. So, yeah. Vintage was uh, cool. So he hits him with the end of the trail. Yep. Gets the win. Uh, Doik distracted from the match. Uh, what's our consensus? It is this. Stupid Doik. Stop climbing around. Yeah. Thanks, God. Dude. <laughs> Match right. number four. 
the match that is on the poster, but not on the poster at the same time. As I said uh, before, they had to do quite a few tweaks once uh, Warrior got released from his uh, duties. Yeah, <laughs> duties. And... Um, <laughs> You pluralized it. Hey, duties. <laughs> Ric Flair and Reza Ramon. Chico. Chico. Versus Macho Meng, Randy Savage, and Mr. Perfecto. Mr. Perfecto. I like that. He was he was very much into his Cubano. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he, he keeps that accent through most of his run, but it's not as... Prevalent when he prevalent leaves. as for when he leaves, like he still has it, but yeah. like this was like dripping with it. It was like, oh my god, I forgot how okay. over the top Scarface you were. We <laughs> remember how jacked he was in WCW as a diamond stud. Jesus, as he leaned out. Yep, yep, and in a good way. Yep. Like I forgot how impressive Scott Hall like physique was back then. What'd you think of uh, Mr. Perfect's tights with the with the glitter and stuff? I liked it. Did you? I, I didn't it. care for it. I liked it. I don't know, like it just looked kind of girlish. It didn't yeah. I, I don't I didn't think it suited him. Okay. Bless me. Right. You know. You want to do um, something different? Yeah, I but what I did like is because they now have those T V screens right beside where they come out. I did like how he had his like his his statue bust on the on the that columns. Was great. That was pretty cool. That was cool. I like that. Um, I did like the flare spot where he does that uh, flip over the top, like over the turnbuckle, and then runs down the apron, and then Savage clocked him. That was phenomenal. He just ran into Savage. So well, I like the beginning of the match where actually Perfect started the match and against Scott Hall, too, who, you know, just a little background story. These two were in the AWA and pretty much... Like ran like ran together, run up and down the road together. So I mean, Kurt Henning actually, and a little background story: Kurt Henning actually had a lot to do with uh, Scott Hall even coming to the WWE. Yeah, well, thank God he did because you know goes on to a pretty and just I mean their spot at the beginning of the match that was awesome. Yeah, like the intensity. I mean, like their promos. I like their promos before the match too. They yeah. were I thought they were awesome. Uh, and then um, did you see that weird spot? Where Flair goes to the top rope, and Savage goes to throw him off, but they kind of hold there for a second. Like, it's like Savage was thinking about going for a suplex or a superplex off the top, but then changes his mind and takes a step down, and then tries to throw Flair, like, do, do his little flip thing that Flair does, but then Flair wasn't letting it, and it kind of went on for, like, 30 seconds. I think there, there was, was an jostling. explanation for that, because um, I don't know if he... She, I don't know if he had done it yet, but um, Flair sustained an injury, a really weird injury in his, um, um, he had a bone chip in his ear. Oh. And so because of that, it actually gave him like a, a version, like a variation of vertigo. Oh, okay. So his bounce was really off too. Okay. I don't know if he was, that, uh, spin, the room was spinning or not. If that's the case, then that makes sense because it looked like Flair was about to fall and like Savage was like trying to hold him up and try to figure out what to do. So that was weird. I mean, all all four of these guys, like props to them for doing everything they could to beef up this match and execute as perfectly as they e could. Perfecto. E perfecto. Uh, as much as they could, like only with basically two weeks to... Yeah, to put it together. To put it together. Um, at some point, Mr. Perfect takes a powder and goes for a walk because he gets frustrated that yep. Macho Man doesn't like that. 
Uh, so it's like, oh, oh. But yeah, then he toys came, with the emotions. Yeah. I like that. Then he came back and um, gets the hot tag. But the one thing I didn't like is Razor Ramon and Ric Flair selling off the hot tag. I thought it was overly goofy. Yeah, Ramones didn't bother me as much. Yeah, it was just it got it got a little too goofy, like like too over the top with it, and it's like okay, like you don't have to sell so dumb. I loved how just incensed Ric Flair and Razor Ramon were just in, throughout the whole match. Just yeah. like, can't believe you turned on us. I can't believe you turned on us. Yeah. They were um, just losing their minds. I love that about it. We get a ref bump after Mr. Perfect uh, runs into Hebner. Yeah, well, Hebner bumps pretty well. And then uh, Perfect hits a uh, perfect plex on Flair. Then a second ref comes into count. Uh, Flair kicks out because the ref takes forever. And then, and then Perfect hits a perfect plex on Razor Ramon, and then Hebner comes back in the ring to count on it, but he takes forever, so Ramon kicks out. And it's just like, okay. Well, Flair interrupted the count, too. That's right. That's right. Um, and what bothered me at the end of this, because I was enjoying it, but what bothered me is that Flair, all of Flair's matches in the WWF, at least the pay-per-view ones, have been just gigantic clusters. Like, I don't think he's had a clean finish in one. See, with me is I didn't let that take away from my scoring in the match because I hate to say this, I was actually kind of expecting it. Yeah. At this point, because yeah. like you said, it happens every time. Yeah, and I kinda and I kinda I'm used to it now. It was kinda like the Dusty Rhodes thing where Dusty Rhodes I felt like didn't get yeah. the run he he deserved there. And I I feel like Flair had the same thing. He didn't get the run he deserved at where his powers were at this time. Uh and then Flair and Ramon go and just Boot stomp the crap out of Mr. Perfect. And then the flirt tells them to stop and get levies the five count. They don't stop and they get DQ'd. And we have um, Mr. Perfect or Perfecto and Macho Yo, Man. Perfecto. Perfecto. Hoya, Mexico. Yes. Uh, they win the match. Uh, and I liked uh, Perfect and Savage's um, promo after where Perfect's like, I got gifts for you guys. And he has like turkeys. <laughs> and then he gets a little one for Bobby the Brain because he's a little chicken. So that was pretty good. Bobby's uh, commentary on this match too, uh, very underrated because he just – Oh, it was great. Because he's part of their clique. So he's just ripping on perfect the entire time, saying like Savage can't trust him. This is what kind of person he's with. It's pretty good. You know, like Perfect is not in ring shape per se at this point. He does look a little sluggish. But for a guy who hasn't been in the ring – for about a year, he, he did okay. Yep. He didn't look like he lost too much of a step there. What's our consensus on this guy? No, it's so right. You, you didn't get a chance to finish your sentence. Oh. We're, we're working well. Yeah. We don't need you, Dave. We don't need you. That, that was a swerve. <laughs> Let's go to the next match. All right. Oh, I can hardly wait. Um, <laughs> we have Virgil versus... Yokozuna. Ooh. Yokozuna's pre-match routine yep. took longer than the match. Yep. Sure did. With the, the girls giving him the flowers and then then his stomp and his, his chalk into the air. And then Virgil comes in and proceeds to run the rope scared. Yep. Uh, and then gets... Yokozuna! Well, I understand that, but you're still a professional wrestler. Run the ropes it's like you It's Yokozuna! No, no, no. You know, if it wasn't for nails, Virgil would have got my worst performer of the night. I'm just saying. If it wasn't for nails. Um, did you just spoil your... I did. Okay. Well, I think if you listen... 
if you listen to it, I, yeah. I told everybody how I felt about nails. Um, and when Virgil goes for that roll up and Yoko just sits on him with a schoolboy and you squash it, it I, I thought, was like, you know what? You deserve that. I thought Virgil was dead. Yeah, no word too. of a lie. Because I was like, how do you take that move without dying? Because Yokozuna's I, huge. I watched that spot, and I actually called uh, my girlfriend in the room. I said, watch this. She watched it with me, and she, she goes, oh, my God, is he okay? Did you hear that, everybody? That's right. Wrestling fan has a girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. A 2018, girlfriend. people. A 2018. Hot, a hot girlfriend at that. So it was a squash match, literally. Um, yes, yes. Yoko, I forgot how... How much of an impressive athlete Yokozuna was. He was for about a year. And then his weight nah, got out of control. Two years. Do you two. give it two? Yeah, two years. Oh, I get, okay, well, let's, let's meet in the middle. 18 months. Nah, two years. 18 months. Don't be like that. Two and a half months. Uh, just shut it, Dave. You're not a part of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, we're just going to go to the finish because there's nothing to it. Yokozuna hits him with the bug. No. Sound like it's like a... Simple finish. Well, it it's is. a simple squash. It's a simple squash. Bonsai drop, baby. One, two, three. Wait. And then vert. The and then bonsai drop. Oh. Bonsai drop from the corner. And then and then Virgil gets. That's why he was scared. Virgil gets peeled off like a pancake. The crowd's reaction to Yokozuna's moves was is, off. Well, it's just it's easy, not easy, but what? you know what? You know what? It's easy to crowd believe. reaction. It's easy to work with, but it's not physically easy. Yeah. But business-wise, well, it's easy. And and it, because listen to the crowd every time he does something. Because it's uh, it's impressive what he does. Yeah. And, and they just have like like he, he's belly to belly. He's five hundred pounds. He slams into the match. Yeah. The crowd loses it every time he does it. It's easy to work with him. But you, the, my problem with this is you shouldn't have squash matches on pay per views. Yeah. Even at this time, you should. But again, have. the roster—it's ah uh, yes—and yes. they're trying to showcase their the up-and-coming guy. Yep. So I get it. What's our consensus? Our consensus? Yes, I want to know. I'm dying to know. I want to be now. When you think of the word consensus, like what? What, <laughs> ben, what does it mean? Just, just to think you? what's happening. Really, what's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's to me. Still consensus. And this is. And this is for the match. <laughs> All right, and that's for me. Let's go. Let's go to the only Survivor Series match on the card. Yes, <laughs> and it's kind of a a choppy at that Survivor Series because okay, it's a tag team elimination match. So they say it's a traditional Survivor Series match, but, but no, it's not. it's not because if a member of that tag team gets pinned. The whole team's eliminated. Which is like it was in the first Survivor Series when they had that massive That's right. tag where like the it was like... 20 on 20? Yeah, because it was five teams the 20, on each The 20-man tag teams? Five five teams on each side. Yeah. Like, they couldn't even run the ropes because there were so many guys. Oh, wait. that Yeah, that's 20-man tag team. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but the problem was, in that 20-man tag team, you had guys like the Bulldogs. You had the Heart Foundation. You had... Um, well, there's tons. There's the Killer Bees. There, there was tons of good tag teams. But in the this, Young Stallions. Yes. Yes. Before Paul Los Roman. Los Conquistadors. This was before Paul Roman was, or uh, Jim Powers was doing weird bumps. But can you tell us what, uh, <laughs> what great tag teams we had in this one? All right. We have the Nasty Boys and the Natural Disasters taking on the Beverly Brothers and Money, Inc. I will say one good thing about this match. Bo Beverly was selling really well. And Ted DiBiase was wearing the white tights, and those look classy as, as all heck. Are those? <laughs> I was gonna, I was going to swear, and I caught it. <laughs> Were you, would you say that those are money? 
Yes. <laughs> I would incorporate to that, I would say. Ooh. Yeah. Better yeah, I did. Was this match? Better jot that down your tax return. <laughs> okay, we're going to be a write-off. Yeah, we, we spent this whole segment doing puns. And my girlfriend really just... Hold on, I just got a tweet. My <laughs> girlfriend has just broken up with me. <laughs> there we go. Now everything's right in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to go to the two eliminations because really there wasn't much to this match unless have, you have anything. I didn't have anything to really to write. Um, nothing too spectacular. There was nothing in this that made... that stood out other than Typhoon? Yeah, well Earthquake takes a arse kicking for yes. like five to ten minutes, makes a hot tag to Typhoon, he trips, he gets an elbow, and he gets eliminated. Yeah. <laughs> Typhoon trips because because um uh Dibiase grabs his grabs his legs. Like how does how does Dibiase trip him as he's running by? Well, I mean, it's not like it was exactly a world, world-beating world trip, either. Exactly, and then he gets hit with an elbow by IRS to the back of the head. That just that just shot natural disaster stock. So, and, and just so you know, that is the second elimination. The first elimination is, is Earthquake hits the aftershock on one of the Beverly's. And I think that it was, one I think was, it was actually bull. the best one. I think it was Bull, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, so the Beverly's are out. And then we just told you the second elimination, so now natural disasters are out. And then right after that, uh, I think it's it's Nobs comes in and rolls up by arrest. One, two, three, match over. And I was like, "Whoa, that was that was probably the fastest Survivor Series match we've ever had." Yep. And not worth it. They probably should not have done it. No, to be quite honest. Uh, so I mean, they're trying to. What's the end game? Are they trying to make this so the Nasty Boys are number one contenders now for the title? Well, they, and I also don't understand why the like. I well, I know why the Nasties are faces now because probably Jimmy Hart sided with Money Inc. about yeah. that tag team title shot because they got the titles back. But it's just like, why are the Nasties faces? I don't think they think do well as no, faces. they don't. They're but, terrible as faces. You know, what's our consensus on this bad boy? You have brought nothing to this podcast. The, clean, the clean boys? We're punning it up over here like crazy. And you so bring huge. us a dad joke? Are you kidding me? They're so huge. Okay, you need to be quiet. Okay, you need to go to the pit stop. Let's, Nuts! <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to the, our semi-main event, oh, which God. could be the main event, baby. But it should be. Uh, the main event daddy. Uh, <laughs> so it's daddy. It's not baby. I keep on saying baby. It's daddy. He says Bill. He says both. Okay. Let's Simultaneously. Do. Not an exact word. <laughs> Okay, not, let's not go. Not to a two to three or three to four or one to four ratio or anything okay, like that. Okay, let, let's get into this. <laughs> the uh, the coffin match. The first ever casket match, if you will. Did, if you will, baby. Did you notice that McMahon said the first ever on TV or on pay-per-view? On he, pay-per-view. He made that distinction that it, so, and it happened before because the first ever on pay-per-view. And usually, like, I don't remember WWF ever saying, like, like distinct. Distinctly saying like or saying that like this is the first of its kind on this on a on a pay per view. Usually, if it's the first for WWF, it's the first ever. Yeah, doesn't matter if it's been done elsewhere. It's the first ever because we're doing it and we're better. But like for him to say that, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it, uh, it is Kamala versus the Undertaker. Now, I can say this match was way more entertaining than the SummerSlam match. Mm-hmm. They had. I love at the beginning of the match, Kamala just throws his chop arm up. Like, I'm going to chop you. 
Undertaker's just walking towards him, and he's like, okay, never mind, and he just kind of runs away for a second, around turns around, I'm going to chop you, I swear to God, I'm going to do it, man, and then Undertaker's just still walking towards him, and he goes, no, no, okay, runs a little more, goes, I mean, this is the last time I'm going to warn you, I will chop you, okay, I'm just going to run away completely. I also liked how Kamala was, was because they played up that he was terrified of coffins, and I any, am too. anytime he got to the side of the ring where the coffin was... He'd get scared, and he actually wouldn't even run the ropes there. Oh, his face was just yeah. Amazing. He's he's very good at facial expressions. I'll give you that. He did it at SummerSlam. His yes. facial expressions were good, and you still gave him the worst performer of the night. Yeah, right? well, don't do. Oh, my but God. you know what? He learned. I gave him. Why did I give him the worst performer? Because he does crap ass body or body uh, or diving dives off the off the ropes. You gave him a worse performer than nails. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, well, I'm writing wrongs here, man. I'm writing wrongs. I'm writing wrongs. And you know, Kamala learned, and you're going to learn to not do that. And Kamala <laughs> learned to not do his his diving body press thing. Because he didn't do it in this match, and I enjoyed it. He did three of them, just not off the top rope. Yeah, but, but off the top rope looks really bad. It does. Yeah. I did make a note. He still can't do a splash. Uh, he also can't throw a clothesline. He throws awful clotheslines. Just does, awful. He does really bad body slams too. Oh, well, he. It looked like Undertaker didn't post for him or something. Like he almost lost him a couple times. Um. What? So, okay. Well, before we go, are you going to the finish right no, now? No. No. Okay. So going where you're actually. Taking me. Actually, oh, oh, oh. that that sounds that sounds kind of dirty. Um, <laughs> So, I forgot what I'm he, he doesn't know. Undertaker, no, you, you, you. <laughs> Undertaker, <laughs> Undertaker no sells Kamal the entire time, and I thought that was gold. And uh, Kamal's reactions. Yes, Kamal amazing. reacting to, like, after his body slams and Undertaker sitting up each time. Yeah. And Kamal just like, what do I got to do to beat this guy? Oh, he hit, he hit uh, Undertaker in, in the head with Kim Shee's hat this time. Yeah. Not his kidney. Oh, he take was. that. And a chair. And then, but it's an ODQ match, so that's cool. It's coffin. Anything so why do you have to make sure that the ref's back was turned before he did it? I have no clue, because, you know, wrestling. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't really understand why Whippleman is getting the ref's attention um, before. Also, I didn't see Kimchi grab the urn, but suddenly he had it. Like, I didn't, I didn't even see him grab it. And then he, he throws it into the ring. And then, this was really funny. Kamala refuses to pick it up. He uh, would he, too. He wants nothing to do you with You see what any... that thing does to the Undertaker? I yeah. don't touch it either. So, so Kim Chi is like motioning to it to tell him to pick it up and to hit Undertaker with it. And he's like, nope, not doing it, buddy. Not doing it. And then Taker picks it up, bashes him in the head with it, and then pins him one, two, three. And then, yeah, that was interesting. Pins, pins him and then rolls him into the casket. Well, it says the match isn't over yet. That's only the first part. Then they're gonna. Then uh, yeah. they have to roll him in the casket. But there was a bell. There was a bell that was sound yeah. after he pinned him one, two, three. So I'm going again. This is something WCW would do. I do like that. Later, they learn from their mistakes. They're like, no, no, no the match. The match has to end when the guy goes into the casket. That's they when the probably match ends. did say that. Yeah. Knowing McMahon, he probably did say that. But I don't know. Somebody missed. The yeah, game. maybe. What I thought was interesting too is that like this is an old school coffin where it doesn't have the uh, hinges, yes. which Sean screws up his back on later. But doesn't have the hinges, so Taker actually nails the thing shut, like legit, legit nails it. And I'm just like, I really hope like Kamala's not putting his hand up there, or else he's gonna get a nail right into his hand. 
Kamala seems like he's a more sensible man than that. So, Taker wins the match. And um, what is our consensus on this bad boy? Just because it wasn't great. It sounds really confusing. It was. Pinfall. That's three boos in a row. Don't we usually do something special for three boos in a row? Do we have a turkey boo? Like bowling? Get a turkey? I was like, oh my God, is a turkey I don't have a turkey. Boo. Do I have a turkey? <laughs> Let me check here. Hold on. I'm going to see if I have a turkey here. Gobble, gobble. I do. I have a, I have a jaguar. Uh, no, that, that's for good stuff. I do not have... I have a duck. <laughs> ah, a duck will do. All right. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. That could be a very misleading sound effect, but all right, let's go to the main event. To the main event, Daddy. This would the main event. This would be the main event, Daddy. I said, Daddy. Yeah, got it right. This is for the WWE Championship. It is champion versus champion. The Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels is taking on the WWE Champion Bret the Hitman Hart, who just recently in October won the WWE Championship. Off of Ric Flair in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, so obviously they're they're preparing for Flair's departure. They obviously know that he's leaving. Yep. Because uh, it's only like two months from here. Because he leaves like like the second Raw, does he not? The first Raw. Is it the first Raw? It's the the first, first ever Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not even two months it's away. It's a loser leaves town match. With Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So they know he's leaving and they pick Bret Hart to, to be the guy going forward. Uh, which us, uh, which us Calgarians here are very proud of. Um, interesting. It's it's champion versus champion, but not title for title. It's just for the WWF title. So even if Sean loses, well, original again, originally, like Sean wasn't the IC champ when they first started um, um, building this up. Build, well, what's the advertising? There you go. That's a geez. You think that was a. SAT word or something, but uh, Sean was was already slotted to face Brett, but because he won the Intercontinental Championship off a British Bulldog, it turned into a champion versus champion. They didn't really know what to do with the IC champ. I mean, it kind of. I mean, yes, I understand that Brett and British Bulldog is probably the greatest Intercontinental, second greatest Intercontinental Championship match of all time. But it just makes you kind of wonder. It's like hmm, maybe Plan A. Shawn Michaels winning the title may not have been that bad of an idea either, because if you think about it, had he won the IC title from Brett, Brett becomes WWE champion. They have the rematch yeah. for Survivor Series. That would have worked too. Yep. Um, did you notice right at the beginning that Brett kissed the belt, yep. had it to the ref, and then he turned around and showed it to Shawn, and then Shawn like like blew air on it and wiped off where he <laughs> That's kissed. Great. <laughs> That was great. Such a great heel thing. He's like, oh, no, no, don't kiss my belt. No, no, we can't have that. We can't have I gotta that. I got to see my reflection in good. this baby. I really like that. Uh, this match started slow, but uh, Brett's matches always have a build. Mm-hmm. And it's, him, it's blocked, I find. Yes. You know? Him and Sean um, had a plan, and they executed it very well. <laughs> um, excellently, I would say. Um, and... Even with the rest holds and everything, they would get out of a rest hold, but then get back into the rest hold to set for the next block of moves that they're going to do. Uh, but the crowd was into it, which yep. was good. And Sean was selling his butt off. Yep. Yep. There's a couple of cool little spots he did, too, where he tried to arm drag Brett. Brett kind of held on to the arm still, and then he kind of flipped Sean oh, back over again. Yes. And that did, was cool. I like the one, too, where uh, he... 
he tried to do a hip toss. Yeah, and Sean just and on Sean, his feet. And Sean, like, spun out of it and landed on his feet. That was and, great. and pushed him. And it was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Um, and you got to think, too. They, these two aren't even in their prime yet. Exactly. And you know what I didn't like, though? This is from the commentary standpoint. Vince was saying that, because um, Sean was pushing Brett, and he's like, is Sean, like, he basically insinuated, like, is it Sean that's pushing Brett to the limit? Or is it the fact that Brett's defended his title so much and that he's out of gas? And it kind of, because that, that's one of the things they talked about going into is that Brett has taken on all comers. He faces the Mountie. He faced, um, who else did he face? Virgil. For, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say, it was some dumb guy. It was Virgil. I was like, what? Um, Papa Shango. Papa Shango. Berserker. Berserker. And there was, there, there was a, a legit guy, Rick, Rick Martell, he faced for yeah. the title. So he had faced all these guys leading up to it. And then Vince insinuated that, like, Sean's not the one giving him a run for his money. It's his hectic schedule. And I'm like, well, that's not a great way to talk about your challenger. You know, you got to build him up to or make him Shawn sound Michaels like... Shawn Michaels in general. Yes. So that was kind of stupid by, by Vince. So I don't understand that. Um... I loved Sean whipping Brett into the turnbuckle and Brett hitting it so hard it looked like the yeah. ring moved. That was awesome. Awesome stuff. As JR has said before, this is Picasso and Rembrandt yep. making art. Yep. Um, the near falls were quite exciting mm-hmm. towards the end of the match. I don't have a lot of notes on this match no, I mean, just because a, I was enjoying it, so I'm going off memory well, that's here. That's a great thing. I mean, you... you this, I can just sit back and I don't have to make notes. You just watch a clinic. Um, also, I liked how, like, this, just before the finish, Sean gets whipped into the ropes and then gets caught in them kind of like Andre used to. He gets mm-hmm. his arms wrapped in. And then when Brett goes to hit him with, like, some weird crossbody, Sean gets out of them and then Brett crotches himself sideways onto the ropes. Now He's good crazy. at that spot. Yeah. Yeah. So that was crazy. Uh, and then the finish was Michaels jumps off the... Um, the second rope, going for... It looked like a double axe handle to me. I thought it was a drop kick. Oh, okay. How bad was this move that you think it's a drop kick and an axe okay, He put up his hands like... Like, he put up his hands over his top like he was, but maybe he was just swinging up and... I thought he was going for, like, a front drop kick. A front drop kick would make more sense. I'd be wrong on that. Because because Brett catches his legs and then gets him in the sharpshooter and Sean taps. And Brett retains. And then Santa comes out. For Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving. What? Um, and Snow Falls. And they give him a Santa hat. Aren't Brett, you... Brett a Santa hat. Um, okay. And it's Has like, Thanksgiving what? happened yet at this point? Or I is... think they're still having it on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. On, on the Thursday. Okay, because memory serves me correct. Isn't that still a month away? You would think. So why Santa there? I, listen, I, in Richfield, Ohio, of all places to come early. Li- listen. Things don't make sense, but you know what I want to know? That's another WCW thing. There, this is a three. This is three WCW things. I think I've it's a, You know what I think it is? I think it's a 1992 thing. Maybe not just WCW. It's a 1992 thing. I think it's, it's a, a WCW thing. But you, what? What I really want to know is I want to know our consensus on this match. That's what I want to know. This is this is for the match, not Santa, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Santa gets nothing. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Santa. <laughs> no word of a lies. That's for Santa. That's for Santa. And the snow, they had snow come down. And then they gave Brett a Santa hat to wear, and I'm just like, he just wrestled a match. He's hot as all heck, and here's a really warm hat to wear. Oh, thanks, guys. 
Great job. All right. Uh, let's go to our, I think it's time for our scores and our bests and worsts. The best and worst. Yeah. Well, the best and uh, the Jim best, Duggan's. The best and the worst. <laughs> we yeah, have, we just, haven't named the, the best. Jim, the Jim Duggan Award? We haven't, we haven't named who the best award's after. I think we should name it after Ricky Steamboat, but that's me. All right. Do you want to go first? you want me to go first? What do you want to do? I'm going first. Okay. I think Jesse should go first. Yeah, you have no say in this. <laughs> All right. Flip a coin. Well, good flip a coin. No, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Rock and scissors. Best of seven. <laughs> Best of 27. <laughs> My score for this pay-per-view was five out of ten. Okay. Wasn't the most solid of pay-per-views. There's a lot of garbage, as we talked about, but there's at least some very, very stable... Stable matches I brought back up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. My performer of the night. <laughs> my performer of the night was Shawn Michaels. Okay. Because I loved, like you said, I loved his bumping. I loved his selling. And I just loved his character. Yeah. Especially, like you said, about the belt where he just says, don't touch my belt. I got <laughs> yeah, myself in this I, baby. I got to shine this thing up. Just... My worst performer, again, back to back is Nails. Because Nails... Why? I Why? Want... Which I... is... He's I, consistent. I want to say that Nails... That's not a good way. <laughs> Nails is trying to challenge Jim Duggan for the naming rights to this worst award is what he's trying to do. Uh, so my score was 4 out of 10. Woo! Um, well, that got bad. Now, because we, we agreed on a lot where, like, I didn't give the Flair, Razor Ramon, Savage Perfect as high a mark as you did. And I think I also was... I think you gave... Sean and Brett a little higher mark than I did, and that so that's that's where it is. A uh, lot of bad stuff on this card. The 1992 was not a uh, Santa. Yeah, not, not this is the year started off so well with that Royal Rumble, and then I think WCW had a good pay per view, and it was like, oh, here we go, feeling it, and then it just went downhill quick. Um, kind of for both. Yes. Uh, and my best and worst tie yours. Shawn Michaels is my best. Nails is my worst. Mm, you have good. You have good. Uh, well, after you, you guys yelled, both know that one. Whoa, <sighs> that was show stopping, Dave. Oh yes. no, it just was not. Um, <laughs> Heartbreaking, even. Uh, after you yelled at me last time, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't pick anybody else. You influenced. Um, so that's been episode 55. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagrams. Hashtag Squared Circle We Rind YYC. I can't say Rewind. 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 We need Squared Circles. Rewinds. Can we can we change that hashtag so I can say it? That'd be great. What, YYC? Uh, no, just something else. I don't know. Hashtag Jesse Pronounce This. Also, we are... Uploading old episodes onto Anchor, which in turn is going on to six platforms, to six different platforms, including Anchor. Um, including Anchor. So if you're looking for our back catalog, look up Squared Circle Rewind on Anchor, and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Rewind We're also on uh, Breaker, uh, Radio Public. Um, I really should write these down <laughs> so I can say this. It's so much more fun this way. Uh, <laughs> Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Stitcher, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up here. <laughs> We're gonna write down next time. 
Distribution. Here we go. Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Anchor. There we have it. We said yeah. all those, just not just not in that order or in one <laughs> one segment. And for all of you listening on Facebook Live, tune in on Wednesday, July 11th when we fast forward to our next rewind. Uh, WCW Starcade 1992, the Lethal Lottery Battle Bowl. That sounds so. It sounds crazy. like it's gonna be awful. Tune in. Yes. So with that being said, guys, and remember, everybody, and good night. (laughs) From all of us, we wish you well.